All right, man. The world is made up of words, and when we know the words that make up the world, we can do with it whatever we wish. Wise words from my man Michael Pollan. What does that mean? I think it's a fancy way of saying that knowledge is power. Now, as I read the book Limitless, Jim Quick was like, well, knowledge isn't enough to just be power because we have to have the knowledge and we have to act upon it, which I 1,000% agree with it, but I want to kind of get into some of the things that I've been thinking about, and I love, I love those words. Uh, Carl Sagan, I believe an astrophysicist, said that understanding is a form of ecstasy. Jason Silva piggybacked off of it and said, understanding is indeed a form of ecstasy, but it's really understanding for the first time in which we're really after, right? He also goes, if you ever follow Jason Silva, he's, he does some crazy stuff and goes off these streams of consciousness. Um, but his whole thing of understanding for the first time is like how he defines awe and, and awe being uh, a sense of first sight unencumbered by knowingness, right? A bunch of really fancy ways of saying things, but I guess it kind of ties back into, you know, the world is made up of words and you know the words that make up the world. You can do with it whatever you wish. How many quotes can we fit in within the first 45 seconds? I'm going with 10. Um, but I was thinking about this because, you know, it's really, really interesting to me. I have these moments of um, like breakthrough while I'm doing things, whether, I, whether I'm on the basketball court, whether I'm teaching, whether I'm reading. It, it, it could happen in a variety of ways. But the, the, the idea of it is there's n- almost nothing. There's one other thing that compares. Get your mind out the gutter to the feeling of what I'm going to talk about first, and I'll talk about that that afterwards. And I guess that kind of talks into or uh, flows flows into flow. Hey, progressive. And but what I what I was what I was thinking about because I had this realization the other day when I was listening to something regarding uh, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, and, and this this revelation. So it doesn't just have to be sports specific. It can be anything that we do. I'll tie this all the way back into what I do with players as well and, and things that they come to me with. But there's there's like this sense of like like the 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 sky opens up and the sun gets brighter and you just see things more clearly when when things that you've been trying to do start to just connect right you have like these ideas you have these reference points and things in time where you say man this kind of makes sense but then again it doesn't make complete sense so i understand this thing over here on the left but how do i combine this thing over here on the left and bring what i know over here on the right and then bring them together this isn't political but how do i bring them together right like how do i how do, how does that happen and i think the only way it happens is if we continue to go down this path of 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 just learning right going back to this whole idea of that knowledge is is a power type thing and maybe again knowledge isn't power in itself knowledge with action is power 100% but there's a certain feeling you can get that's almost it's like a high when you start to connect the dots so i i i've been I've been like, you know, going through like the cryptocurrency stuff, NFTs, all that kind of stuff. And I was listening to a, a, a podcast, Raul, Paul, Raul, Raul Paul, and I had been listening to him for a while. But what happened for some reason during this podcast and I was on my way to a training, I'm listening and things just connected for me and I started to see the bigger picture. And there's just there's just so much power in that. And there's so it's just such a such a great feeling. And the reason that I wanted to kind of to, to talk about it briefly was just because I've been experiencing it. But um, I've I've you know full disclosure I've never been in a position to really get things right um, like per, you know personally on my own through through my through my working professional career I was never in a position to really like go buy something and I felt that 
when I when I was not in that position, I always wanted things. I wanted uh, I wanted the newest sneaker that came out. I wanted that new car. I wanted this. I wanted that. Right. And as I slowly start to be able to uh, put myself in position to now have these things, I don't want them anymore. And I don't want them due to what I'm talking about right now in that that feeling of a material thing, while awesome stuff, and I, I still get sneakers and stuff, right? Uh, it, it doesn't even it doesn't even rival this whole this whole feeling of, of understanding something on a deeper level and having having those things connect. And there's a there's a few other quotes out there. There's a quote that says, I don't know who said these, but you know, depending on how wide wide depending on how wide open your eyes are, uh, is dependent on what you see. Something along the lines. I butchered that one. Uh, the other one is is in a transcendent state, one can see the infinite in the finite. And what I mean by that is, I the way I take it is, we can be, we can look at one thing forever and ever, and it can always just be that that one thing. Well, uh, let's just, we'll just take shooting for example, right? If you choose to just rest on your laurels with shooting and you're like, "Well, this is how it's done and this is how it's always going to be done." So, I don't really need to explore I don't really need to explore it that much further because I already know all there is to know. And it is what it is and it's pretty black and white and that's that's just how it goes. But if you continue to go if you continue to have your eyes open while kind of exploring these concepts for shooting, for example, you're going to stumble upon revelations within it that you would have never gotten to had you not continued down this path of of learning, right? And man, I just I've I've as of recent, obviously the crypto thing, but as of recent, I've had revelations. I've been back on the court a little bit. Things have slowed down in terms of one-on-one training in person because the season's starting up, school's starting back up. And I've had more time on the court to get out there and, and just and play around with some things and, and try to feel some things. Now I also want to say, you know, in addition to this, I don't necessarily think that you have to be able to shoot the basketball to be able to teach it. I do think that it's a really, really big help, though. And I think it's a big help because if you can do it, you can do what I'm about to talk about here in terms of going out, really feeling something on a deeper level, and then even experiencing these breakthroughs of your own that is only going to contribute to the development of the players that you work with. And I think that's important. I think it's also it also helps, you know, to go out there and be able to hit a bunch of shots in front of the kids that you're working with because they're like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll listen to this guy, right? You don't want to be the guy, you don't, you know, showing up and then not even being able to to hit free throws. I think is a, is a bit questionable at times, but it, you know, it it is what it is. With that being said, I don't think you need to be able to shoot to teach it. I do think it helps. I also am a firm believer in the fact that anybody can become a great shooter. So we shouldn't. We shouldn't really be sitting here saying, hey, you could be a great shooter and then we've never become one ourselves in a way, right? You know, you should have some type of, maybe some type of, of, of background there. But anyway, uh, I've been on the court uh, quite a bit, getting some shots up. And I'll have like these these moments of clarity in terms of uh, maybe the way I'm releasing the ball, no longer stopping as much as I used to. But recently I've been having these huge breakthroughs in, in the balance aspect of things. And starting to really understand just how important balance is. Balance in in a sense of a dynamic, in a dynamic version, not a not a stationary one. So I've, I'm I'm on record saying that I don't do a lot of stationary type balance work because basketball is very very dynamic. So I can do something that maybe look like a, a stationary type drill, but at least we can add some type of of balance component to it. And I'm huge into this idea of that we shoot with our arms, not with our legs, and I still firmly believe that. But 
I come to this, uh, I, I find myself always telling my players, hey, you, you really have to do your best to try to keep your upper half as still as possible. We want to keep this still so that that ball can freely move up our body. We're able to, and then transfer our energy from our body into the basketball in the most efficient way, right? We don't want to create any negative energy in which we're pulling away from the basket, whether that be our body or whether that be the basketball changing directions, right? How can we situate the our upper half? And I put such an emphasis on it. How can we situate such, uh, our upper half in a way that the ball is going to be able to freely move up our body without anything else moving. Let the ball lead the way. Rotate the shoulders like you're running. Let that ball lead the way. Get to that point of leverage. Bada bing, bada boom. That's what we do, right? And for the lower half, I think that I've, I don't want to say that I've discounted it. I think that I just took it for granted how powerful it can be when we can start to turn our attention to what we're doing with it. So while the energy, I think, is is ignited by the upper body in terms of so long as we're moving that ball in one direction uh, and we understand when the legs attach, while that is all so true, uh, we want to be able to do it in the most controlled way possible, uh, even if we're on the move. And we're going to be on the move because basketball is a game of being on the move, right? So I'm out on the court and I'm finding myself missing some shots at times. And I was like, well, why? I'm trying to self-diagnose why I'm missing shots. I'm trying to do what I ask my players to do. Okay, why did you miss that shot? What'd you do here? What'd you do there? And I'm trying to self-diagnose and I'm self and I'm realizing how much additional pressure I'm putting on my left foot versus my right foot. And if I'm putting that additional pressure on my left foot, that means that I'm probably leaning backwards a little bit without me really even knowing it. So as still as I can be up top, I'm still I'm still sort of making things a bit more difficult than it has to be because I'm still leaning backwards a little bit. So if you looked at it, right, if you were just uh, videotaping it, I think it would be a very, very slight in terms of the movement that I'm, I'm moving backwards with. But I also think that what that does is it pulls me away just enough that I'll tend to come up short at times. So what I started doing is I started uh, going to the foul line. And this is this is what I've been uh, this is what I've been kind of working on in terms of the balance part. And then I stumbled upon this as well. I've been reading a lot of different books related to breathing. Uh, specifically, I've been reading the book by James Nestor called Breath. Also, in The Art of Impossible by Stephen Kotler, there's a there's a line in there in which Kotler references taking a four, like if you were to take the same inhale of the nose and out and exhale of the nose, uh, whether that be four seconds, four, six, four seconds, you're balancing the sympathetic and parasympathetic. Hopefully I said that right. I'm, you could fact check me. Um, but it balances out and it causes you to focus a bit more. So I'm trying my best to focus on my balance, but I also want to focus on the overall stillness. So I've been going to the free throw line. And when I get to the free throw line, I'll eyes to the basket. And I put all of my first attention on my two feet. And the reason I put my attention on the two feet is I'm trying to equally distribute the weight on both feet as much as I possibly can to the point where it almost feels like I'm not standing. And I know that probably sounds so wild, but if you really think about it and you stand up, even if you're doing it now, don't do it if you're in the car, but stand up and really think about equally distributing the weight on your two feet and things feel different, man. I'm telling you, it like feels effortless in a way. Effortless standing, is that a thing? Um, but anyway, so I was going to the line, and that was my first bit of concentration. And I'd be looking at the hoop, and I'd take a big exhale in, and then a big exhale out. All of the nose, none, no, none, no mouth breathing over here. I reserve that for nighttime when I'm snoring and my wife kicks me out of bed. Uh, you know, sleep apnea, it's tough. And I dip down to my one, uh, my, I dip down. Uh, into uh, where my one position would be. So I'll drop the hips back 
on the exhale. And I just pause there for a quick second as I stay on the basket. And it brings me to this place of like serenity. And I know that is ridiculous. Like I'm here I am in, in a random basket on a random basketball court doing this. But I, I, I kid you not by going through this and going through that initial setup phase. So it's almost like an addition to a preparation type thing. But we're at the foul line so we get to do everything we want to do. By going through that little prep phase... And then, and then going through my shot, now just focusing on ball leads the way, everything else stays as still as possible until that ball gets closer to that point of leverage at the two position. And I start to move that ball up there and then equally push off both feet at the same time. I am telling you, it's like a perfectly orchestrated movement that results in just swish after swish after swish after swish. I'm telling, I, I have not swished this many shots in the way that I've been swishing them. So there's, there's differences, right? If you're a shooter, you know there's there's differences in makes. There's good makes and there's good makes, right? These swishes are going through that basket and just it's like this whip sound as it goes through. And this whole idea of how I'm preparing and, and what I'm doing balance-wise, etc., you know, would have never come to be had I not been out there doing it and saying I don't know everything and there is more to know and I'm looking for that more to know because when I do know more there's no better feeling for, there's no better feeling out there other than what I'm going to say afterwards and it's just absolutely incredible. So what I'm saying here is that when we're going down this this path and I've referenced George Leonard's book Mastery many many times but when we're going down this path of mastery it's so much about staying on the path because through the process of staying on the path, the things that we can start to reveal, we otherwise never would have. So the good days, the bad days, it's all in contribution to it. Last week, I had a terrible week. I'll just be completely honest with it. I was a, I was a grumpy, man. I was going through. I don't know what it was. But, you know, but what I had to do is I still had to get up. I still had to do what I do. I still had to, I still had to hit the weights. I still had to get the shots up. I still had to work with the clients. I still had to talk to clients. All that stuff needs to just continue to go on. And through that, somehow, you know, snap out of it. But I see that last week as a contribution to what this podcast is doing now. Because maybe if that last week didn't happen, I wouldn't be having the, the feelings that I'm having now. I know that this is, is, this is very Neville Goddard-ish, right? But, you know, it's, it's, it's understanding that when we have a goal, when we have something that we want to accomplish, when there's somebody that we know that we can become, Right. And we are in that process of becoming each day serves in contribution to that end goal, that end process. And in turn, the process actually becomes the goal. But we can't ever get there without just continuing to go. So here I am, 34 years old, still going to the court, still trying to figure out things that will make me a better shooter, because I know that if I can become better at it and I can find a deeper understanding to it, I'll be able to relay it to my players. But now it's going to become about, okay, well, how can I relay this to my players in the most simple way possible? How can I start to relay this information to them in a way that they can just get it like that? How can I boil it down to a 30-second Instagram post <laughs> and have everybody go like, I don't care? But I'm serious, though. Like, it, it, it's just, it's such a cool, it's such a cool thing to me. So I, I say a lot of this because, you know, learning learning's so cool to me. It, re it really is. And I think when we stop learning, we stop living. Quote, put it on a bumper sticker. How many bumper stickers have you ever seen? When you, I thought about this on my drive home from D.C. yesterday. How many bumper stickers have you seen and be like, oh, yeah, I, I need to start doing that. Like uh, when the <laughs> my wife and I have, have conversations about it because some people will put like 
the like a, a 10.1 on the back of their car so they ran a, a half marathon is that what it is it's, what's a, what's a marathon whatever I, I i don't know 13.1 I, I don't know whatever and and we'll laugh about it i was like oh well they accomplished it that's good but at the same time now i'm i'm, I'm thinking about it my wife's always usually right and i'm like well that i mean do you ever see one of those and it motivates you to run i don't i don't think so here i don't don't worry about it anyway um yeah just just continue to go down that path of learning because it's just so Wow, that made no sense, did it? Uh, <laughs> it's just so cool to me to just learn and to, to get that feeling of, of, of understanding. And Carl Sagan knocked it out of the park with that quote that I mentioned about understanding in the beginning, right? And uh, yeah, man, I, I just thought that was really cool. I think that's one of my favorite feelings. It trumps any feeling uh, related to buying things. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you that much. And it's why I, I love books so much. And I've talked about this before as well, but in books, we can have these revelations, uh, maybe not be the first time we read it, maybe the fifth time we read it, or it may be three years down the line in which we can then recall something that happened in a book, and we're like, oh, now that makes sense, and now I can connect the dots. Well, now you connected the dots, and all of a sudden, that fourteen that, that book you just bought for $14.99 three years later turns into an ROI of 100K. And I know that may seem a bit, a bit ridiculous, but it's 100% true, and I think that really successful people will tell you that. But it only happens if you continue to learn. It only happens if you continue to push yourself and do the things that aren't necessarily easy, but understanding that everything that you're doing is in contribution to the end goal that you ultimately want to achieve. And again, coming back to then understanding that that end goal that you want to achieve no longer becomes as important as the process in terms of getting there. Because maybe you actually never get there. I want to be the best shooting coach in the world. Will I ever become the best shooting coach in the world? Again, there's no way that any, I've said again 10 times. There's no way anybody's going to be able to quantify that. But I know in working towards it, I'm going to become a person that I otherwise would have never become. So that's the that's feeling number one, understanding. Understanding is a form of ecstasy, 100%. I encourage you all to go down that road. I shared a little bit of my journey in terms of the shooting stuff, stuff at the free throw line. Oh, and then just to piggyback off of that, what I then started to do is branch things out. Now, really concentrating on the breathing aspect. I actually have a call with a breathing expert tomorrow at noon. Really excited about that. But <laughs> what, what I'm saying here is I would take then things on the move and really concentrate on my balance, but then attempt in a way to shoot a free throw from further and further away, adding more dynamic movements to the situation. So just take classic pull-ups, uh, shooting off the, off the catch, but off sprints, etc. And in my mind, I was thinking and trying to revert back to what I was doing at the free throw line, being able to evenly distribute my weight, although now I have to do it in a much faster way, a much, and, uh, a much more disciplined way. But what I'm then trying to do is essentially shoot a free throw on the move in terms of uh, getting my balance exactly where it needs to be, posture right, and then being able to go straight up and down as, as, as much as possible. And I know there's a lot of you know stuff that you'll see, hey, this player does this, and he turns that way, so you should turn that way. Please, 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 please note this. Unless you are built exactly like that player, you have the same height, the same weight, the same background, everything, everything there. Do not base everything you do off of said player because they are going to do things differently. It's also important to understand that if what you're looking at is those that are playing on the highest level, you're also looking at defenders playing at the highest level, which means those defenders are going to be doing everything in their power not to let the best in the world at what they do do what they do. And because of that, players then in turn have to do things that they customarily, customarily, 
wouldn't necessarily want to do if they didn't have to do it, right? So let's not take examples of highlights when a player is kicking his feet or whatever. You want to do a sweepness way, et cetera, all that kind of stuff, and say, hey, that's the norm. That's what you should be doing because it's adding a degree of variability into the shot that we don't necessarily need, especially probably the people that are looking at it and learning aren't on the level of those players yet. And I just think that's very important to understand. Now, the second thing that I wanted to talk about today, and it kind of just piggybacks off this idea of, of the understanding, and I'm going to get a little bit out here, and I apologize, and you can take it take it how you want it, but I promise this is all true stuff, and uh, maybe there's other people that have experienced this as well, but uh, as of 2019, I started re- meditating very regularly, and what I would do, I was working in an office, so uh, what I would do is I would leave the office, and I'd walk down to this bench that sat on a river, and I would just sit there and I'd force myself, I'd close my eyes and I would sit with the best posture possible, which is really hard for me to do. If anybody see me in person, uh, the you know I walk around like a Disney witch. And I was I would close my eyes and I would sit on this particular bench, and I would just I would just let my thoughts go and not really trying to control what they were doing or or, or, or how it was happening. But I would I would feel after after I would do it five ten minutes, I'd open my eyes, I'd walk back to the office and I would feel this sense of of not just calm. But uh, clarity. I, I I felt like uh, I felt I just felt good about myself, about what I was doing, uh, what I wanted to do. Things just made more sense, right? So I just I just continued to do it, and it was it was an incredible feeling. And what eventually ended up happening, and again, uh, I know now quite a few of you listen to this, so if if you have any stories like this, I would love to hear them as well. But what started to happen was. Um, I would sit on this bench and I would start to notice myself like from a different perspective. And so I would sit on this bench and I just remember the one day starting to see myself across the river and then looking back on me at the bench. And then I would see myself from from above, above you. And I I could, I was, it was like I was putting these, um... It's like I was putting these images in my mind, but I wasn't trying to put them in my mind. So where where they were coming from, I, I I could just I could just notice myself there, and it was this crazy feeling, man. Like it, it's a, it's it's unreal. And and it was when I got really deep into the meditation stuff in terms of how methodical I was about it, how routine I was about it, and it was happening. Then quarantine came and the meditation stopped for a bit, for a bit, and I stopped doing it. So I stopped having like that 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 experience. Now again, same clarity type stuff, except it was like kind of trippy, right? And then I uh, so quarantine happened. Gym shut down. Gym gyms are like gyms are like sacred to me. I love the gym. I love quick side. I love the gym because there's nobody else holding you accountable but you. I know there's like that cliche, it's you versus you, and it, but it is. Like at 4.30 in the morning, no one's telling you to do an extra rep of a lap pull down. No one's telling you to do another another bench press. Like, And there's something, there's, there's, there's some extreme power in that of being able to just pull that out of you yourself that translates to everything that you're doing uh, outside of the gym. And I just, I just, I'm, I'm just such, I'm just such a fan of it and, and, and I need it. And when I don't have it, my wife notices and she's, she said to me the other day, because I was in a funk last week. She said to me, she was like, and I, I just was honest with her. I was like, I don't feel like myself. And uh, and she was like, well, you know, I've, I've been putting an emphasis on sleep, but she said, you know, you've been going to the gym later in the day. I said, yeah. And she was like, I noticed a difference when you do that. 
She was like, go back to do it in the morning. She's like, you should just go in the morning. She's like, you, your, your whole attitude shifts. And it shouldn't be to that point, but she's right. And I've done it the past couple of days, and, and I did this morning, and I, and, I, and I feel great. So anyway, um, back to the meditation uh, stuff. So during quarantine, gym's closed, and I was just stuck doing, you know, kind of at-home stuff. I'm doing push-ups, sit-ups. I was doing a lot of, like, knees-over-toes stuff. But I needed to do more, and there was more I needed to do, so I started running. And when I started running, I've been ha- I started to have these same type of things happen. Um, I would go out running, and there's a section of Think Rich, Think and Grow Rich, in which Napoleon Hill uh, starts. You know, he he directs you to uh, write, write down your key objectives, the timeline, how you're going to do it, etc. And what I would start doing is uh, to begin my run for the first like mile. Or so I would just start, I would, that's all I would repeat to myself over and over and over again. And I don't know if it brought me to this certain place, but then I was running and I could start to notice myself running. I would come to certain stretches where I would, I'm running, but I was seeing myself like from a top view, from like a bird's eye view. And it's so interesting, just like the perception wise, because I could be going through hell on the run. I don't like to run. But when I got to that place and I would see myself from a top view, like the bird's eye view, everything looked calm and serene, which in turn almost made me feel calm and serene. So in a moment of, man, this I'm going up this hill and this is hard as hell, all of a sudden I would come to these realizations of, of watching myself run. I know this has to sound so crazy, <laughs> but... Uh, and I would, and it would like everything would calm down, and it was like I was just watching myself do it, and the the pain that I was in was was no longer really there. And these feelings are incredible, and I can't I can't put them into any other category than than a flow type category. And I've now experienced it teaching. I've now I've had moments teaching where I'll be with a big group and I'll be giving um, some type of talk and we'll, we'll be going through things. And as I'm giving the talk, something else will flip over and it's like I'm watching the talk and I'm taking in the information that I'm saying, which maybe, hey, is this schizophrenia? Is it schizophrenia? I don't know. Uh, but but it's like, um, it's almost like this out-of-body experience in which I'm, I'm, I'm talking, I'm giving a speech, or I'm giving some type of lesson, and I'm noticing, I'm watching myself do it. And it almost feels like it's not even me giving, giving the lesson or giving the speech. And man, when I tell you, searching for that feeling, trying to get to that feeling as much as possible, trumps everything, man. Like from a, from a, uh, from a developmental standpoint, obviously, like nothing's better than family and all that kind of stuff, right? But I'm talking about from like a, a career development uh, performance standpoint, every day now becomes about that because there's not, and I've done it, I've, I've had it happen a few times and it is just, it's mind blowing, man. But I, I the, the mind is just, is just so incredible. Um, should we get to those places, you know, of extreme focus, uh, the continued learning, and I think when everything, and then, you know, I, I think it's uh, Csikszentmihalyi says uh, flow is um, when, what did he say? Flow is when skill 
when challenge meets skill, I think that's 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 where he says. So when 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 you've when you've gone through the learning part, right? In the beginning, I said the understanding, the learning, and you start to comprehend it, right? You start to develop these skills on a deeper level, and then you start doing things that push what you're actually capable of, but not to the point where it's too hard. I think that's a that's an extremely important part. But it, it's that de- you're definitely pushed. You can get into these states where what you're able to accomplish seems absurd even to yourself when you're finished with it. And uh, I don't know how else to say that. Um, Maybe I'll regret even talking about it because people are going to think I'm nuts. But I have these experiences and, and, uh, you know... I just think think it's incredible. I think it speaks to how powerful the mind is and how powerful we are, really, and what we're we're capable of. So that's it, man. That's it. Uh, I figured that's enough ranting and and rambling. Ranting and rambling uh, for today. Uh, I hope all is well with you. Man, the Keep Shooting subscriptions continue to grow. I appreciate you guys so much. And the positivity that we're cultivating in there is just absolutely incredible i had a subscriber the other day that came to me and he said man i feel like i've made more progress in the last four days than i than i've made in in a year and we've been working together for like a year and a half and i told him i was like you have to understand like this is like the the lotus the lotus tree or the lotus plant uh example on how it may look small on on the on the surface of the pond but then within like two days the entire pond is covered because everything's growing underneath and uh or I, there's also the story about the Chinese bamboo, very similar. But I, I told him, I said, man, you have to understand everything that you've done. Every single thing that you've done to this point is in contribution to those breakthroughs that you're having. So while it may seem like all of a sudden your breakthroughs are happening in a really short period of time, it's actually been like a two-year period of you going out and doing the damn thing every single day. And then things connected. You like that? Connected. Um and I just, you know, I think actually that that experience and that conversation sparked this entire thing. That is it. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you all are great. If you have not uh, subscribed to the uh, to this podcast, please subscribe. Please like it. Please leave a comment. That would help me. I think. I don't know. I think I might open it up to ads. Does anybody want to anybody want to advertise? <laughs> After this, everybody's like, "Nah, man, no way, no shot." Um, that's it. Uh, CMikeDunn.com. Sign up for the Keep Shooting subscription if you want to further uh your understanding you get to talk to me just like i'm talking to you right here this is how we talk and we'll see we'll see how it goes but uh oh, i hope you all have a wonderful rest of your week tgim thank god it is monday the best day of the week if you disagree can't be friends with me that was pretty bad but i don't edit these podcasts so we gotta keep it until next time everybody keep shooting thank you for listening <laughs>